So I've done many things. And there was definitely a time when I was just a year school. Mm-hmm. I would so, MC for free. Do you need an MC? Do you want me to MC? How much are you going to pay me? Nothing. Okay, fine. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You need, I want to be a radio presenter, but you only have a news reading job. Fine, I'll take yeah. it. I want it. So saying yes to opportunities when they do show up, even though they're not 100% in what line with what you really want. Mm. Because the more you say yes, the more things just come. And the longer you work at it, the more in line they will be with what it is you really want to do. Hey guys, what's up? How's it going? You're listening to the Grey Ave podcast. And hey man, this is all about survival skills for the 21st century. Time has changed. And what do you do to make sure you catch up with the times, know what's going on and act accordingly? That is what this podcast is all about. Finding out those hidden gems in the world and act accordingly. Because in the modern life, you always have to be uh, a relentless student. You can never stop. There's no such a thing of saying I have uh, a degree in mathematics and that's it. Or oh, I'm an accountant and that's just what it is. It's over. So the Grey Half Podcast gives you different perspectives and uh, of what's going on in the in the world and then whatever you do with it, it's really up to you. This is free and real form of education of learning from others that are actually in the world doing it. I apologize if I sound super pumped right now because I just had way too much coffee, I think. So, you know, you know the deal. But uh, Sherlyn Barons is one of the three voices that helps thousands of Western Cape commuters get to work in good spirits each morning. Why? Because she hosts one of the hardest breakfast shows in South Africa. Alongside Darren Wackhead Simpson and Swangli Mafu, her unique wit and affectionate personality are two of the reasons the trio walked away with the best breakfast show prize at the Liberty Radio Awards. So most of you are already familiar with uh, Sherlyn simply because you listen to her show in the morning on your way to work. As for me, mostly my, my mornings start with a meeting, so I have to Uber to somewhere somehow and on my ride there i'm listening to kfm and then you know sherlyn is on the show so it's kind of an awkward thing because when you listen to someone too much you feel like uh, you feel like you know them and that has always been my thing and i was all curious about her i was like hey man i like your show so i had to hit an app uh, i like to give these backstories of how i meet people because a lot of people ask me, hey, how, how do you meet all these people from your podcast? Because I just ask them. <laughs> so I hit her up, I think, on social media before. And we're like, okay, we're going to make it happen. And it didn't happen. And then I ended up meeting her at Coco Safar uh, at a restaurant, one of my favorite restaurants that I like to work from in the morning. And then I asked her there directly. And then we ended up scheduling it. So if you want to ask to meet people, whoever they are, man, you just got to ask. It doesn't matter who they are. So... Uh, today we uh, we discuss quite a lot of things about her career, the radio lifestyle, you know how she got started, because she is from uh, Stellenbosch, Western Cape, and uh, her story is very impressive to me. You know, it, I think it added more depth from uh, hearing from uh, herself, and we discuss the, the the social dynamics of South Africa, or at least Cape Town specifically, which are the things that. Uh, I think we don't get to discuss enough on this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Stay awesome. Remember to subscribe to the Grey F podcast. There's like endless material here to listen to. This is episode 100 plus something, right? So there's more than 100 episodes for you to listen to on different subjects. Whatever you want, go to greyjabesi.com. You can find the Grey F on uh, Spotify. You can find it on iTunes, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, all the podcasting platforms. Other than that, enjoy my conversation with Sherlyn Barrett. So let's talk about radio a little bit. Okay. Uh, how, well, I don't even, where from Cape Town are you from really? So I am from Stellenbosch. Stellenbosch, that's so unusual. Why? 
but not also not the stellies that you see in the brochures, ne? Like the wine the on, the on one, and wine the farm? farms. No, my father definitely does not own a wine <laughs> farm. We do not have the land. Oh, okay. Uh, so I come from a mainly coloured community called mm. Idas Valley in Stellenbosch. Oh, okay. I thought I know Stellenbosch enough. I didn't know that it also has sections like no, this. No, okay. I mean the legacies of apartheid is still very real. So you have areas and sections mm. for whites for coloreds, for blacks. I mean, 25 years after apartheid, mm. you know, that that spatial legacy of apartheid is still there. When someone tells me that they're from studies, I always assume they're rich, you know. Oh, they're rich and uh, they've got a wine farm. No, exactly. sorry. No and no. Not rich, don't have the land. <laughs> okay, so what is, what, what is it like uh, coming from there? I mean, do you see any... What, what much of a difference does it make, like... Uh, right now you base this side and Stellenbosch like it's too close if you think about it I know people drive back and forth to work in town every mm-hmm. day for example but is there a, a much difference between the two between Cape Town and Stellenbosch, it's, it's, it's Stellenbosch yeah like I would say any any neighborhood in Cape Town as compared to Stellenbosch but can you see you also can't speak of Stellenbosch as this big neighborhood because okay. within Stellenbosch you have all of these different parts okay same as with Cape Town right one okay. big city mm. made up of very different parts right so what is it like growing up on the other side of Stellenbosch maybe that's a much better question mm-hmm. I mean I loved it mm. I also had nothing else to compare it to but at some you couldn't, point, you couldn't compare the 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 wine I, from I, Stellenbosch I, and the, the other. No, I'm side? saying I couldn't compare my lived experience to mm. anyone else's because I only had my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think when I was, as I was getting older, maybe at 18, I realized that my world is incredibly small. Mm. Like if I had to invite you to to Ida's Valley now, and we had to just drive through Ida's Valley, I would show you. There's where I went to church growing up. Hmm. I don't go to church as often anymore, but that's the church. A couple of steps, I would say there was my ballet school. Then we would pass my primary school. Literally next door, there'll be my high school. Next to that, it's the um, the field I used to play hockey on. And then I just lived up the road. So hmm. my entire life basically happened in Idas Valley. And my world view only really changed when I went to the Stellenbosch University, when mm. I became a Māti, and when I met people from yeah. around the world, you know, around the country, all coming to this one institution to study, mm. and it was like a... What's, what the hell Not everyone looks like me, not everyone sounds like me, not mm. everyone thinks the way I do, and that was really magical for me. So how does that feel, like when you, you go to Stellenbosch, you see different cultures and accents. How, mm-hmm. how, how did you feel from that point? How did you feel of your own background and where you come from? I loved it because I, I, I think that I've always been confident in who I am and mm. what I am. And it was just amazing to see how many other people are out there. Mm. You know, how we might not worship the same God or speak the same language or study the same subjects Mm. but we are all human and within that diversity there lies the magic there lies the beauty and I mean I love people and that's why I do what I do so I'm always fascinated by when you when you get into those places for the first time and you know looking at where you're coming from what are what 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 are the things that took you a very long time to understand it's like okay this is not really what I know mm-hmm. you know what are the things that took you a very long time to understand and right now from where you did you ever feel at one point that ah, maybe I don't belong here mm-hmm. because of where you're coming from I think that is a constant battle mm. okay and I think more so perhaps because I'm a woman and more than that I'm a woman of color I'm a black woman okay so there's something called imposter syndrome I hear it a lot from UCD students yeah where we are forever questioning ourselves our value and our worth and our positions Mm. do I deserve to be on the Cape's biggest breakfast show right you know Mm. that's and and it's terrible but it's something that we're working through it can be a power as well you know you can use it to your advantage sometimes Mm -hmm. Uh, so how did you move from there and you're not that old Mm-hmm. You know, How old do you think I am? 23, 24? Ah! 
I like you. I'm 29 and proud to be 29. Okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. You're taking care of yourself. Um, how did you move into Cape Talk? I mean, you mean uh, KFM? I mean KFM into like the biggest show, uh, mm -hmm. morning show. So I studied, I did a BA at Stellenbosch University. Mm. And then in my second year, I was introduced to MFM 94.5. No, did you, did you want it to, to work in radio? That was your... So, so growing up, I always watched shows like Top Billing. Mm. You know, I looked at Joanne Strauss and Jeannie D and I thought, wow. Yeah. You know, these women are so beautiful and they get to travel for a living and they get to talk for a living. So these are the women who I looked up to, but I didn't ever think that I would be on TV or that I would be on radio. Mm. So in my second year, I joined MFM, right. which is Stella Mosh's um, campus radio station. And I just fell in love. I absolutely just fell in love with the medium. So I called TV like my first crush, like, oh, you're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. But radio really became my first love. Right. And so for the rest of my studies, then I, I still studied full time. And then I did MFM on weekends, sometimes during the week as well. And mm. then I obviously became better at it. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm so amazing at this thing called radio. Uh, next year, you know, radio stations, commercial radio stations are going to pick me up. Um, and then that didn't happen. Mm. Nobody wanted me. And so I had to do my backup plan which was doing my honors in journalism at the University of Stellenbosch. And what started out as a detour, the thing that I didn't really want to do, mm -hmm. it was the best thing I ever did. I had to do my honors in journalism at the University of Stellenbosch. I got a bursary for the first time in my life. They also gave me my first job mm. at Media 24. I worked at Sari for a year. And in that year, I also started commercial radio. So it's like how everything sort of just fit into place mm -hmm. everything just happened and flowed yeah but then how did you and what was the what's the story behind you ended up at, uh, at kfm at kfm mm -hmm. so it's, it's a long story so did mag i did my my internship at sari magazine one of the biggest afrikaans magazines in south africa um i did that for a year did group fm mm. which is a commercial radio station shortly thereafter um, started out as a newsreader, never thought that I would host my own show. Mm. They gave me a show which I co-hosted with someone who then moved to America. I then did the show by myself. And I think shortly thereafter, I got a call from, from KFM saying, you know, we're launching this new thing and we would love for you to be a part of it. So they called you? They called me. Well, did you ever have to look for a job before? No, actually. <laughs> That's good. <Things> happen. <laughs> That's, That's unusual, I, I, you know, in been, a country I've, of... I've, I've been incredibly blessed. Mm. I've been absolutely incredibly blessed. I don't know who my, 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 my angels are who are watching out and looking out for me, but I've been, I've been very, very lucky. But mm. I've also been... I'm not just going to say that I was lucky. I've, I, I'm very hardworking. And I'm that person that puts up my hand. So I've done many things and there was definitely a time when I was just a year school. Mm -hmm. I would so, MC for free. Do you need an MC? Do you want me to MC? How much are you going to pay me? Nothing. Okay, fine. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You need, I want to be a radio presenter, but you only have a news reading job. Fine, I'll take yeah. it. I want it. So saying yes to opportunities when they do show up, even though they're not 100% in what line with what you really want because mm. the more you say yes the more things just come and the longer you work at it the more in line they will be with what it is you really want to do that's interesting because in a in a country where unemployment rate for the youth is now over 50 percent i think you know, I, I think generally it's like 29 percent, which ooh. is the highest that it's been in 10 years so yeah, I think the, so it's the rough youth, out there. People are struggling. Yeah, the youth now is over fifty right now sure. on the recent studies. So, so what was your first job then? Before this, have you ever worked at McDonald's and all these side jobs, like what normal people? I like do? to <laughs> say that I'm a very humble person, mm. but I am an absolutely incredible world class waitress. 
Oh, wow. And that was my first job. And I was really good at it, eh? I can imagine. I was so good. I made so much money. What, what As you, a waitress. Uh, what would be a tip you can give to other waitresses hey, that are doing it right now? Smile, be friendly. The customer is always right. And I mean, in Stellenbosch, you know, sometimes your clientele, they are drunk. Mm. They don't tip well. But you just smile and wave <laughs> and wait for that rich man that's going to... Yeah. So you're always looking out for the tip, eh? You know, that rich woman coming in with her girls. Tip. Right, right. Yeah. Right. But, and just like enjoying it. Whatever you do to just enjoy it. Mm. Um, another thing well by the way let me just tell my own story so I've been hitting you up for like a long time you never responded to anything no that's <laughs> shade that's a lie <laughs> no it's not I hit you up on Twitter before okay. on um, on Instagram maybe uh-huh. on email yeah the only way was to I only met you at the Coco Safar which is my favorite restaurant yeah, when yeah. I was working from so there it was meant to be on that day yeah Okay, if you believe in stuff like that, <laughs> I suppose. And then, yeah, we made it happen. So, one of the things that I like to cover is, well, if you had to explain today mm-hmm. to, say, someone else is watching this interview 100 mm-hmm. years from now, how would you describe today? Today? Like, the state of, it, of the world right now. And, and, and today, I am feeling incredibly blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that life doesn't get tough and difficult sometimes. Mm. But life is a gift. Mm. It's not something that is promised. And if we we look at our lives like that, an absolute gift, are we not going to take care of it? Are we not going to be precious when it comes to our time? Mm. Mm. So basically what I'm trying to ask is, if your grandchildren mm-hmm. or your, um, your nephews, whatever, mm-hmm. They're watching this 100 years from now. Mm-hmm. How do you describe what's going on today? Like your understanding of the world. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to give them a picture of what it was like to be in 2019 in August. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I it's th- not an easy question. No, it's really not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just now speaking my mind. I think it's a, it's a beautiful time. I also think it's a confusing time. Mm. It's a time filled with so many varying emotions still a lot of hatred for people who don't look like us or who don't mm. live like us um, but also I feel like it's a time where perceptions are being challenged mm-hmm. thanks to mediums like the media like just yesterday for instance we spoke to the cast of Arden's Flay which is an Afrikaans telenovela and just the things that they are talking about Uh, homosexuality and and homophobia you know racism classism so as bad as things are Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be an optimist and seeing how certain conversations are being had in a way that makes it palatable for traditionalists Mm -hmm. you know so it's difficult man especially now in Cape Town with the arm and I'm now I'm talking about something completely different oh good it's also a confusing time even just in Cape Town 2019 and I think Cape Town has always been a tale of two cities where you have the super rich mm. and the the super poor living in this one city and experiencing the mother city in such different ways mm-hmm. and and I think something that I would like to relay to to the generations who will come after me something that my dad has instilled in me is that we are all human beings it doesn't matter what your bank account looks like and you must respect everyone mm. the janitor deserves the same respect as the CEO right so, so live and let live and understand that our experience of life is so different and respect that and try to understand that so i mean to that point so how do you make of where you come from in stellenbosch in your community um how do you make of living there do you if you had to do it again would you choose to start life from there again or you would Mm -hmm. want to do it differently i'm happy that i was never given that choice okay because perhaps i wouldn't have picked I just barely steal and wash. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy that it picked me. Okay. I would not be who I am today if it was not fine. But if, if, you, if you had to do it again, would you 
if you had to do it again and choose where you want to st- mm-hmm. start would you I want my mom I want my dad and I want Idris Valley Okay but then how do you make of I mean those are areas that were created for people to put them in a certain box within mm-hmm. the society to you know to kind of instill a certain mentality to them which is dangerous it's mm-hmm. one of the catalyst to to the problems we're having today in terms of inequality And so, yeah. so just the other day, I emceed an event. So I love Stellenbosch. Mm. I love Idris Valley. I love Klutusville. I love Kayamandi. I love mm. these areas where my people live. And so when a charity approaches me to, to emcee a gig because they're trying to raise funds for mm. these communities, I always put up my hand. Mm. And it was so jarring to hear this person speak about Idas Valley as an outsider trying to help Idas Valley. Mm. And I was like, yeah, sure, we can talk about the high unemployment rate. Sure, we can talk about, you know, teenage pregnancies and, and kids dropping out of school mm. and absent parents and single households and all of these things. And I'm not saying that those things cannot be found mm. in Idas Valley and Stellenbosch. But there's also a different picture that you see when you actually live in and come from those communities. Right, of course. Yeah. You know, I think of my, my Christian neighbors on the one hand. And on the other hand, I see my Muslim neighbors where, you know, when it's Eid, you yeah. know, there's pikes and samosas and it's a liquor tate. You know, I, I, I think about the corner shops. I think about the teachers who always go um, that extra mile, 500%. Mm. I, I, I see the success stories. I see the doctors and the nurses and the teachers coming from that community. So when I look at, at Idas Valley and Stellenbosch, mm, I don't mean. just see despair. Okay. I see the entire picture. Are there issues? Should we work on them? Mm. Yes. But is there beauty? Oh my God, there's so much beauty. I mean, you came from there. <laughs> so, well, the question that I'm trying to, uh, to expand is that, so would you recommend someone to live there? Someone who's, I don't know what they're trying to do, but they're just mm-hmm. trying to better themselves. Would you say they should stick to, uh, to Ida's Valley or they must make sure they get out of it as much as, as no, fast I, as they can? I, I say um, find a place that works for you. I'm not also advocating for people to stay there. I'm not advocating for people to move. Mm. It's about finding your place under the sun. Okay. Well, this that is sounds very wishy-washy. Like, it is. Um, <laughs> namaste. I think you, you're, I trying to be, you're trying to be too nice. No, it's not even that I'm trying to be too nice. That's really just how I feel about it. I also understand that not everyone has that choice. Well, not everyone living there can just decide, actually, no, I want to up mm. and leave. Yeah, of course. Would you raise kids there? In Idris Valley, mm. in, in Stellenbosch. Mm. See, at this point, I don't even know if I'll be having children. No, I if you adopt or something, whatever happens. I'm just saying hypothetically. You're really persistent, ne? Yeah, very. I can't say that I've thought about it. And I'm really not trying to avoid your question. I, I can't say that I've thought about it. You know, you get certain people... Who, when they are grade one, they know they're going to be a doctor one day. Mm-hmm. I know a friend like that. You know, we went to school together. We were in grade one together. And he said from a very young age, when I'm going to be big one day, I'm going to be a doctor. Today is a doctor. Mm. I'm one of those people. I went through so many things. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm going to be a teacher. And, so, and that's the same with my life. Mm. I don't know where I'm going to be in the next five yeah, years. Of course. That's I don't a, know that's where good. I'm going to be in the ten, next 10 years. I don't know where I'm going to live. If you asked me five years ago, do you see yourself living in Woodstock? I would be like, Woodstock, what's that? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I am open to living life wherever it takes me and where I choose it to take me. Well, you know, I'm. Uh, my question, I was trying to... Uh, What do you want me to say? I feel like you wanted me to say something very specific. No, no, no. Actually, specific. it's good what you're saying. I'm just trying to get an opinion because I believe those areas are designed... I mean, I come from there, from those areas myself. So Where I do know. you come from? I lived in Delft before. Okay. That's even much worse, you know, probably. Okay. You, do you know where that is? No, I know where Delft is. I more asked originally, where do you come from? Oh, Malawi. But where in Malawi? Lilongwe Area 25. So okay. it's a ghetto as well. Okay. It's like crazy. But I know, well, there it's a little different because where I grew up, I grew up you don't have the white and black thing, mm-hmm. you know. So you have a class thing. 
you, you have a class thing, but it's good and bad. It's good in a way that I don't have inferiority complex of thinking white person is better than me mm -hmm. because the richest person in my neighborhood was black, mm -hmm. as someone just like me. Mm -hmm. So even when I moved here, it kind of, you know, the, the ratio disparities mm -hmm. don't affect me much. Mm -hmm. Because my... And I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. And, 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 and as a person of color growing up in a post-apartheid South Africa, mm -hmm. I cannot relate. Exactly. I get that. And so I, I sympathize I, with that. It's very hard. No, you don't have to. Please don't feel sorry for me. I think pity is the worst thing. Oh, okay. That's the, like, don't pity me. I, I might have to choke you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but it, it's always so lovely when I speak to uh, my black friends coming from countries outside of South Africa they mm. don't have that yeah that, that is very true but then back we, to as in South Africa sorry it's something that we definitely don't like speaking about mm. but it's something that we need to speak about and work on right that's because true. even though it's been 25 years since apartheid the legacy of apartheid is still there and mm. many things are still transferred from one generation to the next mm -hmm. consciously and unconsciously you'll see your father for instance a proud strong man when he is engaging with other black people mm -hmm. and then you see him speaking to a white man and suddenly it goes to a right yes sir no sir ya boss near boss maybe not to that extent Mm -hmm. But when we look closely, you pick up those nuances. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's a very good point. So, you know, I believe that, you know, I, you know, I lived in Delft for a while. I know what kind of position and mindset it puts you on. And look, people like you and me are pretty much very lucky to get out of those situations. They, from the numbers point of view, most people just can't. You know, they end up going into places that, that you don't want to, like, very unfortunate uh, situations. So I think that if anyone can, they must try to get out of those places as much as they can because by design, systematically, mm -hmm. it's meant to put you in a certain place in life. That's how I see it, you know. So I hear We should you. be proud of those places, mm -hmm. but then at the same time, you know, it's designed to be horrible. No, of M course. Much like the, the Nipsey Hustle story, whereas, you know, you grew up in a neighborhood, trying to go back and fix things, you actually mm -hmm. get killed by someone from the same community. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I hear what you are saying, and yes, mm. obviously these, these places, they were developed yeah. to underdevelop Pretty much, people yeah. of color, black folk. Yeah. With that being said, I don't think that the solution is for every successful person from that community to just move out, because then how are we... No, no, not, not successful. What I'm saying is that if you are there, your goal must be to even move out from there as fast as you can. Why? Because you, know, this is you don't have the tools to, 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 to change or sometimes, you know, you're surrounded by people maybe who don't share the same mission as mm -hmm. you or you just have so many barriers. Like when I was in Delft, I mm -hmm. couldn't walk out at si after six o'clock, mm -hmm. right? That means if you're running a small business, whatever, you're already at a risk of just yeah. you know, being robbed and taken out of the system. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, and obviously your solution, and I mm. say solution because I don't agree with you and I don't okay. think it's the solution. <laughs> right. Um, but your solution is, 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 it can be immediate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you move from one area and then you just move out. And then I look at someone like my father, for instance. Sure, he could have bought a house elsewhere, outside mm. of Idis Valley. But that pride, that choice. Mm -hmm. I choose to live here. I choose to send my kids to certain schools. Because you know what? Mm -hmm. There's also so much beauty. There's so much good in these communities. So I don't think we share the same Oh, from that view. perspective, yeah. I understand what you mean. It's like, yeah. okay. I, I don't think the solution is for everyone who can. To escape. To just escape. <laughs> no. What we should do is reclaim and fight back and take back our communities. And because the, the, there are so many good people. Yeah, that's there for sure. There are so many good people. And unfortunately, often it's a handful of baddies which just sour the experience for everyone. I, I don't think they're actually mostly baddies. It's just if it's designed... 
to be like that, someone will fall into that victim of becoming the bad. You know? I hear you. So, um, so rather let's reclaim and take back our communities. Right. But another good thing from those places is that some people own where they live, you know, which is very good, I mm-hmm. think, you know. Um, whereas <laughs> in these areas, most people of color don't. Mm-hmm. on uh, the spaces mm-hmm. but it is a good time to buy in Cape Town though. I, I put a tweet the, the, uh, yesterday the, 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 did you see how what's happening to the Cape Town property prices yeah I put a tweet yesterday that the property prices are down 45% mm-hmm. so if you want to buy good time to buy I think it will crush more I would, mm-hmm. I would give it a, a few months too I bought last year and so now that I'm seeing everything is crashing I'm like oh, should have waited <laughs> a bit but I say where, that where did you buy? I bought in Woodstock and it's it's, it's it's one of the the things that I am proudest of. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the first single woman in my in my in my family to buy a property without a man. Wow. Do you know That's again big, it's, yeah. again it's that you know this belief that women don't own property or um own women don't own property or women can't own property if, mm. if it's not inherited or if they're not married and i'm saying you can be single and fabulous mm. and own your own place so for those who ask when are you getting married you should ask them when are you getting your own property i think that's a good one <laughs> and it's not even about the property like um it was so no no but, but but you know it's it's very what are you, that question is very unreasonable yeah you should also a, give them an unreasonable yeah, question yeah but maybe but something that was so i like to sometimes fight with kindness because if you come with your shit and i just add more shit <laughs> now there's a whole shit sandwich you know yeah, right, right. are you gonna bleep out all of these shits no you don't <laughs> we don't have to we, we we raw here you know now you're not on radio you can say yeah. shit as many times as you shit, want shit, 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 shit. <laughs> um but the thing that i that was so beautiful for me last year um, say three, um, two of my closest friends. We were all just under thirty. Mm. My one friend had the most beautiful wedding. Mm. She married the most beautiful man. And in that same year, another friend of mine moved to Asia, broke up with a boyfriend, moved to Asia to teach English abroad. And my big thing that year was buying a property. Mm. Three women, different stories different journeys and also incredibly happy so maybe buying a property isn't that thing for you maybe getting married isn't that thing for you maybe moving abroad and breaking up with your long-time boyfriend isn't your thing but find your thing and do that thing and pursue your own happiness that is my that is my message not you know, copy and paste what I'm doing. Yeah, but look, what you do, I, I feel like some things are, make sense at it. You know, it depends on how you look at it, right? Mm-hmm. You can look at things at a personal level, family level, community level, mm-hmm. country level, whatever level you want to look at it. Like owning a property for a black woman or a black person here, especially on this side of Cape Town, mm-hmm. I think it's a very significant thing and very important for most people to do. Mm-hmm. You know? And obviously I acknowledge my relative privilege mm-hmm. to black women my age. Right. And also, it, it seems to work for a lot of people to, for those who are breaking up out there, women, it seems to work to go to Asia and teach English. It <laughs> <laughs> works. Seems it like really it's working. just works. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, other people can try it. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? No, what do you want to talk about? I told you before we started rolling, I'm not used to this. I'm used to being the person asking the questions. So now this is different. Okay, so what do you, what tools do you have to educate yourself and keeping yourself up to date? I personally use books and audio books and stuff, mm-hmm. but I would like to know what, like, what are your ways of consuming? How do you consume content yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, being a radio personality, I don't listen to, to radio myself. Mm-hmm. I just follow you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just follow you guys on Twitter, then I kind of mm-hmm. know what's going on. Um, but how do you con- uh, consume content and mm-hmm. why? So I like to listen to talk radio. Mm-hmm. Even though I am on music radio, I like listening to music radio sometimes as well but I like to listen to to talk radio Uh, I learn and consume content online Mm. and books as well but I find that it's most meaningful when I just have a coffee with a friend you know I read whatever I read 
you saw whatever you saw. Mm. We come together, we have a drink, and we just chat. Mm -hmm. So that way, it's less about right. learning and becomes a conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's very a different look of it. Um, and with your radio personality, Mets on top radio. Do you guys are you guys like friends in real life, or, mm -hmm. or you're just on the talk show friends? I mean, on the radio show friends. So I am part of such an incredible mm. group of people. So we are six people there, Monday to Friday. I think we are very friendly, but we also all have our our lives. Right. But like tonight, we're all getting together for a drink. But I do think it is important to have that separation between your professional life and your personal life. And yes, sometimes the lines blur, mm. but there's definitely a line. Like I'm definitely not knocking at, at, at Darren's house every night and inviting myself for supper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and Darren, I mean, he has been on radio longer than you have been. Much longer, yeah. because he's a bit older than I am. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And he was doing all these funny things before. Uh, and he started when he was 16, so I think, yeah, he's been in, in, in the market for a very, very long time. When you set out to, re to work with him, how was that? For you did you know him before and you're like okay oh i'm gonna work with darren or you just figured out what happened when you got there so when i thought when even to this day when i think of darren the first thing that pops up mm. are obviously his very iconic pranks yeah uh but other than that because he was based in Joburg, i never listened to his radio shows yeah um yeah so what was your question <laughs> I, I was saying yeah so but you already answered it saying you already found him iconic when you when you got in radio. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's definitely a, a talent. What can you say about your mates on radio that you can't tell them in, in their face, for example? So what can I say about Sibs yeah. now to you, but that I can't say in front of a face? Yeah. Nothing. We are very honest. We don't get to do what we do without being honest. Right. So I probably say harsher things on to their faces <laughs> and vice versa. For the show? Yeah. No, not for the show, just off air. Okay, wow. Okay. No, yeah. Um, but we have to be honest. And then there's a trust and a respect, but an honesty, mm. like friends, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you seem very sincere about that. Mm. And when you're not working, how is your, what do you usually do? Like, what are you into? Mm -hmm. So I love going to the theater. Tonight, I'm going to go watch Kinky Boots. Mm. Uh, I mean, Cape Town is such a beautiful city to live in. I love to go out for drinks, eh? Mm. The beautiful view. Right, the beautiful, like where mm. would you recommend without selling some ads? How, how can I advise? <laughs> anywhere in Cape Town is beautiful. Oh, but Find a rooftop. Uh, I mean, I have a few places that I do recommend to people, mm -hmm. but what are your go-to places where people can meet you? Accidentally, the way that you have, they have a 60% okay, chance it, it, of It depends you. on my mood. So if I want a really loud night and I want to reminisce and feel young, mm. I like to go to feel yours young. truly. Okay. Not that I feel old, but you know, if, I, if I'm in the mood for like an instance, yeah. like a vibe, right. then I love yours truly and Kloof. And then if you want to class it up, you've got some beautiful hotels in the city with mm. gorgeous views. And beautiful rooftops. Yeah, you can sell them. What are mm -hmm. those? You can sell them too. You can name the names. Shout out to Toho San. Love you guys. Love your work. Okay, Toho San. Yeah. Okay, nice. Um, I think that's mostly what I wanted to discuss with you. Mm -hmm. um, thanks for being on the show. Unless you have something else you would want to talk about. No, I just want to say thank you. It's been lovely chilling on your couch. I see you're not wearing any shoes. I was going to kick off my heels at some point and put my feet on the couch and get really comfortable. But yeah. Now, but now you're ready to say goodbye. So. Um, but another thing was, so you, I know you just got your license recently. It took me 10 years. Yeah, I know. Look, it took me years as well. It's yeah. I've just been lazy. Um, but I stopped driving about three years ago, mm -hmm. I sold my car then to this point I just use Uber. Anything longer than 60 kilometers, I rent a car. Mm -hmm. I, now, I don't, you, are you driving now? No, no. I, I still Uber everywhere. So I okay. Uber to your place, mm. once we're done, I'm Ubering back to my place. So Uber's right. still very much a part of, of my daily routine. Hey? How does that work for you for longer trips, like if you want to go back home to Ida's Valley? Mm -hmm. Uber. Uber. 
Okay. Or my brother when he's nice. <laughs> when he's nice. Okay, so I, I thought that you're driving now, so I just wanted to find out how you see the, the economics of it because I still find Uber to be cheaper, very effective. Convenient and as con well. Exactly. You don't have to worry about parking, there's no petrol, there's no car insurance. So that's also why I'm taking my time. I'm asking myself, does it actually sorry make mm. financial sense for me to buy a car right now mm -hmm. like i said i just bought property and i mean it's not an easy thing yeah. for the first time in my life i'm now having to budget because now suddenly there's a mortgage you know there are savings so you look at all of these things before you make a big purchase like buying right. a new car do you live where you bought now you live in your own house or you mm -hmm. oh that's cute um okay yeah so uh oh, can i say one thing yeah, yeah sure so and, and, and one of the questions I'm asked most often is, you know, how do you get into radio? Yeah. And obviously there's not just one answer, but I almost want to say that that's the wrong question. Mm -hmm. Ten years ago, I asked that same question. How do I get into radio? Or how do I get into TV? And, and, the, and the focus should be less on just this one thing. Because, I mean, you and I spoke about the economy earlier. Things yeah. are tough. And we're also moving into the space where many people don't just have one job. Right. You simply cannot afford to just have one job. And I'm very blessed to be part of KFM Mornings. But last year, for instance, I also shot a TV show. I wrote a weekly column for the week in August. So it's about finding different ways to make money. Right. Because the media industry is also a very fickle one. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't say that I'm going to be at, at KFM for the next 20 years. I'm not going to be there for the next 20 right. years. So you need to put certain measures in place to protect yourself financially. That's a very good point. So, I mean, speaking of finances, that's good. For those of you guys that are into finance and you know, trying to figure things out. I make videos on my YouTube channel called mm -hmm. Hardcore Crypto mm -hmm. where we talk about all these things. Please tell me what, okay, this thing, how do I make money from cryptocurrency? Is it a, is it a scam? <laughs> is it something that is sustainable? Like, have you actually made money from cryptocurrency or are you just lying to us? Uh, Spill I, the tea. I, I won't answer the, the, the last part of the question because SARS might be watching. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but look, I've been in this game for years, so it's... So what are we talking now, Bitcoin? We have cryptocurrency in general. So okay. this is what people don't understand. Look, the world is changing. Money has evolved from like back in the day. The, the challenge that's there when it comes to cryptocurrency is that people don't understand. Never sit down and think about what money is. You know what I mean? Um, what's the difference between a $20 note and a rand note, 20 rand? Mm -hmm. What's the difference between the two? I have no idea. The paper printed it. Oh yeah, they're both paper. Yeah, you see. So we give value to that piece of paper, and it's called fiat value because we're told that it's worth that much. You know, this this is the dollar, twenty bucks, right? This is the rand, twenty bucks. This is five Canadian dollar. You know, this is Australian. And and we attach different values. They're all paper. These, they have yeah. one thing in common. It's yeah. all paper with ink and beautiful yeah. or dead people. Yeah. Um, the thing is... Or in our South African case, a beautiful elephant. Elephant, yeah. You know, so the thing is, this is all paper and it's printed. You know, you, you have seen what happened to Zimbabwe, that currencies can be as strong as they can and they can also go to zero, mm -hmm. right? So if people start to understand what really money is, that's when things like Bitcoin make sense. It's a currency that's not controlled by anyone. That means um, if you go to, to China, Bitcoin is Bitcoin. You'll be able to sell it and mm -hmm. get real cash with it. You can buy whatever you want in the world. It's instant. It's more like gold, but then it's digital gold that can be transferred uh, quite quickly. Okay, so if someone wants to start. Yeah, I know now. And also, what are the risks? Is it very risky? That's a good I question. Mean, you get people who are like, you're saying this is paper, but I'm going to take my paper and put it, yo, put it under my bed. I know it's there. Mm -hmm. I can't trust Bitcoin because I can't see it. I can't hold it in my hand. That's a good point. So we are in a digital age right now. Most things are digitized with digital. It only makes sense for a currency to come that also is digital. So Bitcoin is, it, 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 
I, you're asking from a question of how the making money part because that's what gets people interested so yeah they are risk because you can lose your wallet if you lose your login details your wallet or whatever then you lose your bitcoin so think of it it's a currency that's not controlled by anyone. We but said who controls it? Nobody. We all control it. How? This is South African controlled, American controlled, right? Okay, but how does it go up and down? Uh, it goes up and down by su supply and demand. Right? Imagine if there were five of you in the world right now. Mm -hmm. Would KFM be willing to pay you? Or probably your, your rate would go down because uh, we can get the other sharing. Mm -hmm. Right? So now, you have, if, you, the mo if you have more Bitcoins, you, the price... Uh, goes down if you have less and less Bitcoin, which is how it's designed. It's deflationary That means there's a limited amount of the coins that will be ever exist in the world 21 million So that's why from where Bitcoin started in 2009 It has been going up in value to this point simply because uh, It's being adopted as more people buy it. It means it's increasing in demand and then the value goes up So how many Bitcoin do you have? How much money do you have in your bank account? Hmm? How much money do you have in your bank account? <laughs> But yeah, I bought in, I, I started buying, you. I see you. I started buying when it was 6,000, mm -hmm. you know, so at that time I was really just, all my savings, I was buying Bitcoins with mm -hmm. it. I see I, you risky, I'm not risky, I yeah. play the long safe game. Yeah, yeah, look, it depends. I sold my car, mm -hmm. even th uh, three years ago, I bought Bitcoin with all that money, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and now it paid off quite nicely. I think you have to think about it as a from a technological point of view. If you look at it as a gamble, that's why people are like, oh, is it a scam or what? Like, there's so many scams in that industry, but also it's a, it's an industry on its own. So think of this. I've been working in the cryptocurrency market for years now. Mm -hmm. I haven't earned any rands for the last three, four years. I only get paid in Bitcoin, that's it. So what, you pay your rent with Bitcoin? No, no, when I want to pay rent, then I have to liquidate for rent and pay, mm -hmm. yeah. But, but I mean, it's money that comes from Bitcoin. My income comes yeah. from Bitcoin only. I don't want no rands, nothing, especially now that it's 15 rand to 30, uh, yeah. 15 rand 30 to the dollar, it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. One question, what is your philosophy on money? Because you, you know, you're young and already own property, most people don't do that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I like my philosophy on money. Okay. Just the other day, my mother told, spoke to me and she's like, you are way too hard on yourself. Mm. You need to relax. Because I bought my property and it was, I bought property in an older building. Mm. So I had this plans to just redo everything. So I redid the floors, redid the bathroom. And the next step was to redo my kitchen. Mm -hmm. and my mother was like, can you relax? Can you calm down and just be patient with yourself? Forget about the kitchen. Go on a nice holiday this mm. year. So I'm reevaluating my philosophy on life, understanding that, yes, I need to plan and save for the future, but it's also very important to enjoy your money mm. right now. So finding that balance. Okay, but then... So I haven't found that balance yet. I, I oversave, I overplan, I overstress. Yeah, but that, that's probably a good problem. No, though. it's not a nice problem to have. I'm 28, 29. I forgot it was my birthday. But When's your birthday? In June. Oh, okay. But it takes some time. Because, you know, you say you're 28 for a year. And then right. suddenly you're not 28 anymore, you're 29. But no, I think that's important. But that's also something that I inherited from my dad. Mm. He always said, uh, which is the Afrikaans way for saying, you need to save until it hurts. So that message has been <laughs> like ingrained <laughs> in my in my in my mind. Whereas my mother has always been the one mm. with a little bit more balance. Yes, save. Yes, work hard, but also play hard and have fun now. Not when you are seventy and retired mm. and you can't even you know walk up those beautiful steps in whichever foreign country. So here is my my philosophy on this. A lot of young us millennials, we grew up on the whole thing of, okay, look guys, let's make some money and travel and have fun. Mm -hmm. Most of us haven't really experienced the, uh, the economic crisis, the financial crisis mm -hmm. when we're older. Mm -hmm. And we have a very disconnected view of the world because, you know, we, since when you started working, it was past the financial crisis mm -hmm. and things have been well since then, you know, economies have been growing. Mm -hmm. And I think the next economic crisis, which is already starting to show its head will crush a lot of us because most people aren't prepared.
Mm-hmm. So maybe your philosophy isn't bad, you know, it, it, it will serve you during those times. Can you see, I was so ready to just make that jump and plan this holiday. And now because you just said what you just said, mm. no Bali for me, no <laughs> island holidays for me. Uh, but I was just meant to say uh, financial education is important and it's sad that we haven't been taught about it. Mm-hmm. That's why most people even don't understand what Bitcoin is. Yeah. And in a, in a country that's an equal like where we're living now where a lot of us black people really have to be financially sharp than anyone else mm-hmm. we're not we because we have that you know that disadvantage we don't have we're not inheriting much generational wealth yes. generally speaking mm. i mean you obviously do have some black families but generally speaking that's not happening but in our education we don't even have that too i can tell you i had problems with tax before because mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to do. Mm. Who do I actually go to speak to? Uh, you don't know because, you know, the system puts you at a position where they don't expect you to ever make money at all. Mm. You know, they expect you to just work your whole mm. life and stuff. And, you know, the, your job mostly handles your taxes, mm-hmm. you know. So if you go out in the world on your own, you make some money, how do you actually handle that? Mm. You know, how do you invest it? How do you do your taxes? You don't know all those mm. things, you know. And... It's very sad that we, we're talking about this thing of uh, equality when people aren't financially educated and the banks just take advantage of them. That's a sad thing. I yeah, know. but anyway, that's a story for another day. Mm. Cool. Uh, thank you for being here. And yeah. Um, thank you for having me awesome. on your very comfortable couch. Yeah, it's a very comfortable couch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cheers, guys. Bye. Remember to, to, uh, to listen to the Grey F podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. It's the only place you can meet people like her. And Turkey people like her. <laughs> She's very nice, I think. You, you're mm, very nice. Thank you. Wow. I wish I was that nice, man. You're nice. What do you mean? Mm, you're very, very nice. Extra nice. Hello once again and that was the end of our conversation and just before you go just want to communicate a few things with you uh, quickly if you have uh, enjoyed any of the podcast or this specific podcast episode I would appreciate it if you share it with your friends and family through your social media Twitter Facebook etc etc as well as write me a five-star review on iTunes or Apple podcast app that would be fantastic it helps me flourish and sustain this podcast as well uh, we also on other platforms like soundcloud uh, stitcher radio um, and all other major podcast platforms so whichever way you're listening to it i would appreciate it if you leave me a review you can also subscribe to the Grave podcast through my website greyjabesi.com g-r-e-y-j-a-b-e-s-i.com there you also find some of the blogs that i'm writing sometimes and you get notified as soon as the new episode has been published until next time enjoy and be productive